So, yeah, so um, I was just uh, sitting here talking to this incredible professional woman here. And, um, you know, I, I'm just breaking down something to her, how intriguing it is to see a woman of color. And I feel that that's an issue when people tend to say a profession. Um, it, it's, it, it becomes a kind of annoying because I know people don't even realize it's kind of an indirect diss. It's like seeing a black man and they're like, oh, so you never been to prison? It's like, you know, you, you know how to talk proper or you can still, still build some street shit and still know how to analyze things and do things with numbers. So, you know, this one particular sister here, she caught my attention. Oh, Misha says, hello. Hello, Dominique. Hello, Nate. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, shout out to Misha. She's, she's, she's one of my partners, that uh, one of the hosts here on the show. And um, with, with, the, with the important reason, I think, to my eye, we filmed a, a particular female airline pilot first. And uh, I don't know if you know her, but we filmed her first about a month ago. And people were intrigued. It was exciting. And then it was like, you know what? I need different types. So we, we she's a mother as well. It's like, believe it or not, all the three women that I've encountered already are married. So shout out to the Black Sisters is married. Before I introduce this woman, I want to let it be known that she really is the most incredibly, most inspiring person. I'm not just saying this because I'm a fan of planes. I'm a fan of flying. I'm yes, I'm the guy that looks out the window and I like to see the thing go down and see the fast the seatbelt signs go off. And I love all that because I love big machinery, especially man-made items, woman-made as well, right? So, and um, you know, to my surprise, we we, we chatted, man, and she's just a thorough fun individual and she brought out an essence of a connectable level of, of people that's able to identify you know why because you know i always say people want to hear it's like if i'm preaching they want to be able to, to understand my language right. and and this is the language we have to have so ladies and gentlemen first officer mrs dominique lennon now look she has a long name it ain't gonna even fit me I'm <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I, I know when they say first officer, could you let them know what is a first officer? Yeah, sure. That's a that's a great question. Um, so first officer is synonymous uh, for co-pilot position. Um, although I want people to know that there is a distinction um, in my position, meaning that because I am a first officer. Um, I do assist the captain in his duties or her duties, um, but I am fully qualified to sit in the right, uh, in the left seat, I'm sorry, as well, even though I sit in the right seat. Um, so when I take my check ride to be qualified to fly this jet, uh, I am fully qualified to sit in the left seat as a uh, captain. I just do not have that distinction yet. So the first officer position um, is truly a co-pilot position, um, but it's uh, considered second in command behind the captain. So Now, people, we you know, from, from the perspective of passengers, we only know pilot and captain. Mm -hmm. right? There's only two terminologies we know. So, because we know whoever's in that seat, that's what they do. But there are different levels. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Now, that's correct. What are the different ones as far as, uh, like, in other words, a captain is the same captain that oversees the ship? Is that? That's is that, correct. Okay. That's correct. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, specifically the captain 
um, has the final authority over decision-making. That's basically their role um, in the left seat. Um, so things as far as the legality of paperwork, um, whether making decisions, um, things of that nature, more so the legality of the flight, uh, the aircraft, um, falls in the captain's hands as their final authority. Um, although I am a very, very important um, aspect to that in that I also back up that decision. I'm responsible um, for the legality of the aircraft, of the flight, and uh, decision-making as well. So that's that's sort of the distinction. Um, and really, um, in any airline program, they'll tell you as soon as you come to train as a first officer, we are training you to be a captain. You are a captain in training um, as a first officer. So um, it's not sit over there, you know, dumb and happy, um, truly. Uh, and I'll share a story with you when that time comes. Truly, uh, we are very involved in the decision-making process and, and just as essential as the captain's role. Okay. Um, the thing is, to be a captain, do you have to be flying an aircraft for a minimum amount of years or you can still have that upgrade within a five-year span or does it matter? Um, usually it's related to uh, the time in the aircraft. Um, so specifically, a lot of companies um, at my level, um, you're looking at at least a 1,000 hours of flying um, as a first officer in the right seat. Um, so it's related to flight time um, and seniority. Um, in my situation in particular, um, with COVID, it's been very, a very weird situation um, in that I met the time requirements to be a captain over a year ago. Um, but however, due to COVID and the furloughs and things of that nature, I wasn't able to upgrade to the left seat because there was no movement. Um, so oh. it's a time requirement, but it's also seniority based and it's also dependent upon movement in the company. So. In order for me to get to the left seat, it has to be some movement from the top. People have to, captains have to leave, um, slots have to become open, and then um, that transition happens uh, in conjunction with the minimum flight time you need. So now, a thousand hours, what would that be equivalent to as far as amount of trips? I mean, does that how, how many years does that take to get? Uh, so, so yeah, so good question. Um, really, a thousand hours generally can take you from as little as maybe. Um, People like to say a year, but a year really, it, you got to be really out there working real hard. Um, mm -hmm. I say 18 months, 18 to 24 months um, is a good time frame that it will, that it takes to acquire a thousand hours. Um, and most people generally the average about 18 months um, to get a thousand hours. And that's flying uh, whew, a good schedule of at least 50, 65 hours a month, um, which is doable. Um, Pre-COVID, that was, that was doable. I came to the airline hitting the ground running. Uh, try to fly as much as possible so that I can have the opportunity to upgrade. Um, got there. Oh, wow. And then, got there and then COVID. Then COVID. Uh, well, he was able to take advantage of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, upgrading to captain comes with a uh, pay increase. Um, so, and then you get experience with what we call building uh, pilot and command time. So there right. are absolutely advantages um, to upgrading. Uh, but yeah, the generally speaking, about 18 months uh, on average is about the time to take to get the thousand hours. Now, um, is this such thing as a pilot that was training that was afraid of heights and overcomes that? <laughs> that's a good question. I that's a good question. Most you will find most pilots are afraid of heights. I'm afraid what? of heights. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's, it's kind of weird feeling because if you think about it, for me, 
Um, there's no fear in flying the aircraft at 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 feet because why? We have this big jet that we're in that encompasses that, you know, uh, feeling that you would have. It, it's different than if I was just standing on a ledge with no protection around me. Right, so, right, so right. Looking out, so looking out the window, I don't have that fear like, oh, I'm going to fall out the sky. No, I'm in an air, aircraft that I can control and I'm not the falling out the sky. Yeah. Where I can okay. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a totally different feeling than, you know, uh, bungee jumping or I was just in Daytona Beach last week and uh, I rode on this ride. It's like called the Vomitron. And it goes up and it swings you up and I thought I was gonna be spooked. I thought I was gonna be spooked, but I'm like, hey, this ain't nothing like that drone rush of flying airplane. I'm like, this what? Come on, are we done? Like, what's up? Um, but uh, it, was great. it was great. I'm not gonna lie though. When I got to the top and they they stopped this and I'm hanging there and I had no protection. I'm like, whoo, it's ready. I'm ready to come down. But uh, yeah, it's a, a lot of a lot of pilots do have that fear, but uh, I would say not during flying. Now. You know, there's, there's so many different questions I have for you. I want to know, I mean, I already did my research, but how did this all start? Like, growing up in North Carolina, right? Uh, actually, I grew up in the Midwest, uh, Jeffersonville, Indiana. Yeah, right, oh, okay. right across the bridge from Louisville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Wait, 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 in the Midwest? Uh, Jeffersonville, oh, I think, Indiana. Oh, I think it was having a, what you call it? Oh, Indiana. Okay. Indiana, Jeffersonville, Southern Indiana, right by about five minutes from Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. How in the so give us the, some history of how this? Okay, you grew up as a young woman in Indiana. Did you ever think like, listen, this is what I want to do? You know, because you know. We get. Yes, I want to be that. Was that on the agenda to actually be flying a plane to be a pilot? Yeah, that's, it that's was? actually a, a, no, uh, it was early on as a as a as a teenager, and um, yeah. So I'll I'll share that story with you. Um, basically, it's I am a, a true true advocate of. Um, ex early exposure. I am a product of early exposure. Um, so flying for me was on the radar once I was exposed to that opportunity. And I was exposed to that opportunity at a young age, at 14. Um, so the story is that I had a, being from Louisville, um, which is a major hub for UPS Airlines, um, I grew up with UPS pilots. Um, in particular, I had a captain that attended my church and uh, he invited me to an aviation camp at 14. Um, I remember him asking me, hey, you want to go to aviation camp? And I was like, mm, aviation, what's that? Mm. But I've always been one to step outside the box, try new things, try new different opportunities. So I said, sure, why not? Uh, went there, went to the free camp, and uh, it was absolutely amazing and life-changing. The exposure that we got um, from being able to go into a control tower um, a military base. We got a flight in a C-130 Hercules airplane. Um, flight lessons. C-130. That's what they. That's what they started on. Let me pull that up. Keep going. Um, no, it, we were actually visiting um, the Louisville Air National Guard, um, and that's the fleet that they had. Um, so they allowed us to uh, tour the 
the Hercules, the C-130, and they took us in a um, little small flight in it, um, kind of around the local area. It was, it was great. And it, again, this is like pre-9-11, pre so we can do a whole lot more um, than a lot more. Yeah. Uh, absolutely the freedoms uh so like i said be able to go into a control tower um etc that was the catalyst to just a interest in aviation um yeah. so having that opportunity in that week and let me preface this with um this opportunity was a free event it did require an essay requirement so you had to receive uh, entrance into the camp um, via selection process that in, in, encompass um, writing the essay and being selected. Um, but once you were in the camp, this is free. I mean, KFC was our sponsor, UPS, um, Organization of Black uh, Professionals, all of that, all of that um, provided this free camp for kids from 14 to 18 to attend for just exposure to aviation. Uh, so make a long story short, uh, into that week, I was fortunate enough to be voted the best cadet um, for that camp and I was gifted a discovery flight at my local airport. Uh, it took me about a year to renew that, uh, to actually go up and, and do that discovery flight. Um, but I did, I took that opportunity. I was able to go up into a little small Cessna uh, 172. Cessna, the plane that live. That's right, that's right. Yeah. And then it was, it was history from there. And when I say history, I mean pivotal history because um, in that next year, I was 15, going into my sophomore year um, of high school, and I was informed of a program that my local high school had um, with a high school in Louisville, um, vocational school, where I can get my private pilot's license. So I, I did, I enrolled in that program, and then I spent my junior and senior year of high school um, getting my private pilot's license, and then the rest is, is history from there. So I went on to pursue my ratings at Purdue University, full academic ride there. Um, and it was it was great. So I'm telling you, just I'm telling you, just the fact that this black man, man, you know, reached out to me and said, "Do you want to go to aviation camp? Would you like to attend?" Didn't this, even know what no, aviation even meant. Didn't I? Didn't have a desire to. I, I knew nothing about aviation, nothing about flying, nothing. I'm, and especially at that age, I didn't know any women pilots. Right. Uh, right. Furthermore, black women pilots. And what's right. crazy too is. Once I got into that program, my instructors were women pilots. That what? women pilots, yes, women pilots. So that's my first interaction at 16, 17 year old. No, no, no black woman, no, just white. No, not at that time. No okay. black women. Um, but I was getting into the industry. I was able to start to see more black people, and then eventually, um, black women pilot as uh, pilots as you know my career progressed and, and things like that. It's all about networking, as you know. Yes. Um, but yeah, that just that small, do you want to go to camp? That early exposure is what sparked interest and changed my life forever. Talk about opportunity knocking at the door. Now, some people may feel like, well, that's the equivalent to a celebrity that was walking out of the street and like Tyson the model, like, hey, maybe you could model for me for polo. Right. It's a little more intense than that because, first and foremost, the, the, the opportunity not only was there, but it didn't even cost anything at that time. It's crazy. Nope, nope, nope. Absolutely, the camp was completely. I'm, I'm telling you. And so, to give perspective, I'm sure you guys know a little bit about the demographics of the Louisville area. Um, yes. It is, you know, um, socioeconomically, uh, we have a, a lot of impoverished um, communities right. and things of that nature. So, the opportunity to um, 
have this community program gave children like me um, that may have not have had access to these types of things, opportunity um, to be able to uh, explore a field that we may not have even thought was possible. So that's, that's, that's the blessing in that. And that is just great. And I truly am a testament to um, just, you know, opportunity that has turned into a dream. dream. Are they still giving that, are those opportunities still available? Because I remember being, when I was in high school, the only opportunity I remember was them trying to have the NYPD, you know, um, get us to be in police officers at the age of 15 years old to fill out some application you got, or in the army. That was a big thing. That's right. That's right. You know, aviation, now come to think of it, well, they had like a, an army thing, in NJROTC. So I thought that was yep. kind of like a thing that was preparing for, yep. for the Navy or, or yep. service. But I don't recall anything in regards to aviation, which is sad because it's kind of like demographically, where did that, like, was that an issue where there wasn't enough, like, in other words, is there a minority factor where they have to grab these young black students and get them into this? Was that about that? Absolutely, absolutely. The the organization in particular, and I spoke on it earlier, um, that sponsored this program and still today does sponsor that program is the Organization of Black Aerospace uh, Professionals, OBAP, is um, the the name of that organization, OBAP. So, yeah, that um, that organization in particular's mission is to um, recruit um, minorities uh, right. to to the field. Um, and then here specifically, um, the organization that I'm most um, proud of and most involved with um, is an organization called Sisters Sisters of the Skies. And That's that organization, I, yeah, 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 and yeah. that organization is is more is more dear to my heart in that we're tailored to not just attracting minorities but minority women. Um, right. into the uh, the field. Um, and that's, that's an upcoming organization that wasn't in existence when I started, but is now, and, and I'm very passionate about that. So, yeah. Now, is it, is it, is it more, how long have they been in pretty much inactive? Because that's probably something, I don't even think people even know that that even exists. Which is no, sad. no, no, but we're making money moves, okay? Uh, Ooh, <laughs> and when I say money moves, uh, we just awarded uh, a young female. Um, she was awarded a $50,000 scholarship from Boeing um, to complete her flight training. Yeah, she was on the Boeing, 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 the Boeing. Yes, the Boeing, the aircraft manufacturer, uh, Boeing. She was just awarded a scholarship to complete flight training. Um, we secure monies from lots of different organizations, uh, airline organizations, etc. Um, the Sister of Skies organization has been, um, it was founded about four or five years ago um, from two other black female pilots. Um, but here, I would say over the last maybe about four, three, four years, um, our network um, has expanded and the opportunities that we're bringing to these young women. Uh, we've, we just com- uh, completed our scholarship program here. We awarded some ladies with some scholarship wow. monies for, um, excuse me, for flight training. So, I yeah. I go behind a lot of that because an organization like that, once they see that those those opportunities are coming through your organization, yeah. that will occur. Because I think a lot of women and male are very afraid of this. Yeah. Yeah. They don't think that this is possible. That they'll go to school They'll go to college for whatever else, but they won't necessarily go to flight training. And I want you to, you know, let them know, should they be, is the fear understood and is it common 
that here now it's like, okay, we hit, we see these identified faces that we can see sisters of the skies. What is more or less the goal of sisters of the skies that they're trying to alleviate when it comes to, uh, uh, how do I say, um, the fear? Like, what is what is the goal that you guys are trying to like push everybody past that you guys can become whatever you want to be in this field of aviation? Sure. So I should um, I should state that I think the issue um, is for our people in general is right. that it's not necessarily a fear; it's a lack of knowledge. Those are these opportunities in particular to be a pilot and to fly is purely based upon an opportunity that was given to us. And, and all of the women in this organization will share the same story that it literally took someone saying, hey, would you be interested in that? So the mission of Sisters of the Skies is truly to um, allow people to know that this is an option. You have an opportunity um, to pursue flight training if that's what you want. And if this is what you would like to do, here are the resources we have available. We have mentorship um, programs so we team you up with uh, professional airline pilots. Um, we're in the process now of uh, mentor matching. Um, one of the mentor mentors this year, my second year, mentoring a group of ladies that are in flight training. Um, so the mission is truly through outreach, uh, philanthropy, service, mentorships, um, to show young women that if you want to pursue this dream, you can do this. Um, yeah. And we have the resources available for you to do so. This this is a show. I'm, not, I'm actually going to pull up the website now and show okay. people that this actually exists. It, it, <laughs> it, yeah, and like I said, we we've received national attention. Yeah, can you point me out? You see me? A big old Kool Aid smile in the back. <laughs> I'm in the back. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> oh, oh safer. <laughs> Big Kool-Aid. Wow, this is impressive. What's so crazy about that is that was actually my birthday weekend. I was in Atlanta. I was stupid geek to be with all these phenomenal women, women. Um, and in particular, we this banquet is um is an annual scholarship banquet that we host um every year, right. but it is based upon the commemorative um celebration of the first all black female flight crew. That happened, I guess, 12 years ago now. This was in 2018. So 10 years ago, um, we were celebrating that milestone. Um, but yeah, this um, when I tell you, like, I'm so passionate about this organization. Um, in particular, this organization is what allowed me to transition to be an airline pilot. Because um, like I said, I started flying when I was a teenager. But I kind of stayed in like that flight instructor role. I never thought about um, being an airline pilot. I didn't really want to be an airline pilot. Uh, right. I was busy having children and life and family. Um, and one of the, the founders here, I remember reaching out to her um, because I saw her on a PBS special where they were highlighting women pioneers. She's in this uniform. She's uh, the only black lady on this special. Uh, there she is, Miss Nia Long. And I remember looking her up on Facebook and I slid in the DMs and I was like, um, yeah, so right here, Miss Nia, uh, the CEO, slid in the DMs and I was like, hey, can I, I chat with you? I too. Yeah, can I chat with you? And she's a mother as well. Um, and she was like, you want to do this? Let's do it. Let me let me help you get ready. You want to be airline pilot? Let's do it. Um, so yeah, that's 
these all these ladies is when I say all these sisters is doing this. Dope sisters, yes. <laughs> these are my sister sisters. Okay, yeah. I would love to have everybody here on a real we, big. But we're gonna wait till the weather gets a little warm. We, we we can do that. We can do like I said. We we've we've been featured on ABC, um, Kelly Clarkson. So Steve Harvey show. Steve Harvey had us on. I see Steve Harvey had yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, truly, when I um, tell you, like we uh, this organization's taking off. The exposure um, that we're getting is is really truly God sent, and um, it's it's gonna it's gonna continue to blow up. And I'm just proud to be a part. Well, that's the thing too. It's always the thing because we, we, we were always worried about, I think the thing is with our community, we are free to ask another black person, mm-hmm. a black woman, and, and, and this is real, like let's just, let's just put it out as if it is, like, like you read it. If a black woman sees another female pilot and she's non-black, mm-hmm. she's quicker to ask her some information Versus a black woman. For example, yeah. coming off the plane, right? Now, you know, you stand at that, that position, that amazing position when everybody's leaving the plane and yeah. you see everybody. I love that part, by the way. Yes. You know, you think them, That's my you favorite see, part. And they look at you. <laughs> How often do they look at you and you know they want to ask a question, but they don't? Yeah. How, you know, how often is that? Like, why is that such a barrier among black women where we just, I don't know. I mean, I know it's with us as black men, but I see another brother pushing the plane. I'm like, man, that was a good job. This, that, and third, and we'll, we'll, we'll run with it. But do you feel that there's more of that kind of shyness for another black woman? I mean, clearly this, this, this organization doesn't promote that, but they promote unity. But do you feel that that's the pickup where people pick up when they see you? Um, I, I would say that it's evolving. I, I would say that it's, it's getting better. When I when I became an airline pilot almost three years ago, um, yeah, I mean, I would I would have some people that I could see it in their eyes that they wanted to maybe ask me like, "What's your journey?" Or they were too afraid to say "Proud of you, sister" out loud, so I get a little wink or I get a little head nod, stuff like that. But, you know, our, 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 our racial climate is changing. It has been changing. And I'll tell you this, um, here, especially within the last year, I feel like more people, white and black, are proud to congratulate me when they see me there. Oh, oh, I got a sister on my flight. Good job, sister. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, we're in the military. No, ma'am. But... Okay, well, good. You know, and, and can I take a picture? I get a picture every day. I get a picture every day. every day, every day, without a doubt. Can I take a picture? Uh, I'll be in, you know, the restroom real quick in the terminal. Oh my God, you a pilot? Oh, can I? I'm telling you. Come out so, the restroom when they're waiting for you. I'm telling you. I'm wow. telling you every, everywhere. So that that climate has changed um, okay. a lot, a lot. Um, but yeah, is it still out there? Absolutely. Um, I, I feel that. There are some people that still have a hesitancy in, you know, uh, acknowledging the fact that I am up there. But you know what? It's it's really not about that. I feel like I want my presence to be enough. Yes. I, 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 I I just want my presence to be enough. You see me up there. You see me. You know, yeah. you see me up there. I don't have to speak a word. I don't yeah. have to, uh, uh, you know, tell you that I, I'm just as qualified as, as my, I don't have to take my presence alone. I, I really take pride 
in that. And when I put on this uniform every day, I want my presence alone to speak for my experience, yes. for my passion. So yes. that I take pride in. You don't even have to ask me what my journey is. I'll tell you, gladly tell you. But just just, uh, just the fact that I'm here in uniform and not, uh, yeah, alone. And you're approachable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, like that's the volumes. Yeah, I think sometimes we, we're in our own way. And it's like, you're walking down this aisle. I just finished this journey, literally. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever had a position where somebody just won't even say thank you? Oh, yeah, or, absolutely. This today. Today. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, just today. Uh, coming into, I think we were coming into Charlotte from, I don't remember where we went today. They, things all blend together oh, <laughs> after a day. Um, just today, you know, I'm standing, I like to, personally, what I like to do, especially if it's um, my leg, my landing, I like to always make sure that I, I'm at the front of the flight deck, thanking right. people um, for, for flying with us and, you know, wishing them a good day. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Have people that don't speak, um, won't make eye contact, um, yeah. some things of that nature. Done by it used to. It used to buy. I'm like, oh, what am yeah. I doing? It used to get to me. But like, but like I said, listen, I'm standing right here in the flight deck. My presence alone, like I don't have, I, I don't owe anyone an explanation. My presence alone that I'm right here. I just took you from point A to point B safely, ooh, and my ooh, landing was better. <laughs> And my landing was butter, and the flight was smooth. <laughs> that led. <laughs> hey, I don't have to say a thing. Thank you, thank you for for flying with us. You know, um. So and and even I can admit too, I don't have uh, always good landings. So even the bad landings, I'm not ashamed to stand up there and say thank you either. Um. But y- yeah. y'all required to do that though, right? Are you required to do that? No, no, no. Oh, no. seriously. It wow. is not a requirement. It is not a requirement. As a matter of fact, there's been uh, there's a handful of people that just uh, stay in the flight deck. They don't necessarily want to have an interaction. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Wait till the passengers are out, get their bags, and go on to the next flight, etc., etc. Yeah. I mean, um, there aren't um, there aren't a lot of people that do that. But personally, I, I, again, um, <laughs> I want you to see I'm I'm, I'm here. We're I'm here. It must I'm be an incredible feeling for you to get up. And, and, and stand there to see that you just you just landed this aircraft and all these people that was I mean can I be surreal also like in other words is it good that y'all see that before you fly or they don't want you to realize you got 300 people on this board and go crazy like are you you're supposed to know how many people's on the flight oh absolutely no absolutely how many people's on the flight that's that's yeah we have to know that um in in, in particular for uh our weight and balance um and yeah. performance uh numbers right. Um, but but in particular, if we have an emergency and we have to state how many souls on board, yeah, we have to know um, that information. Um, I'll tell you this. Um, it took me, there are times, it took me about a year and a half to oh. realize that, oh my gosh, I have people in the back. Because yes, you see them boarding, um, yeah. but sometimes you're so inundated with the work that you're doing to prepare for the flight. Yeah. Um, by the time you get done and all that stuff, the doors close, you're taking off. And you, you're not really thinking, okay, I got these people in the back. Um, so it took about a year and a half for me to be like, oh, I yeah, could have I I, yeah, I do have people in the back. Oh, the plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do have people, but um, yeah, but more so now, I am um, more cognizant uh-huh. of uh, the people in the back. Just for um, for me personally, um, as a captain in training. Um, being able to connect with these passengers, uh, knowing where they're coming from, seeing the kids, giving out little kitty wings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that type of uh, connection is important to me, um, but I can only speak for me. 
So, yeah. Scales. Now, you said there's like a weight distribution now. Do, do y'all have a scale on the plane to know exactly? Like, you can't fly a car in there, right? No, 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 no. My aer- uh, No, no. Um, maybe the bigger air- aircraft. Um, so, yeah, so basically, uh, we don't have scales, but what we do is we use what we call um, average weights for the different amount of bags. So, a small bag weight um, is an average weight of this um, this amount. A big bag is this amount. Um, and then we count the number of bags um, that we have according to different sizes, and then um, they are distributed within the different cargo bins, and that's how we're able to uh, make sure that our, our plane is properly balanced um, so that we can get the correct performance numbers. How many bags is roughly on here? About two, three hundred bags? Say it again. How many bags roughly is usually on the average flight? So, so I, I fly a smaller aircraft. So right. uh, my my aircraft in the cargo bay in the front, um, typically we have about 20-ish or so bags. It just depends on how many people are flying. Under, and, under the check. That's the under, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the back cargo could be, you know, 30, 40 bags. It just really depends. It's interesting, uh, in particular, when we do some of the flights into, like, these military towns, yeah, right. big heavy bags uh, from the the guys carrying their military. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Yes. Big heavy bags and things of that nature. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we 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 carry uh, organs, um, right. dry goods, uh, different what? things like that. Yeah, dangerous goods, I should say. Um, so dry ice and things of that nature. Yeah, and um, we have limitations. Too deceased. Um, not on our aircraft, but yeah, um, some, some, uh, aircraft, yes, they do bring, I've seen plenty, especially uh, operating in and out of DC, uh, plenty of times where I've pulled up and kind of look a couple gates down and, uh, you see the police out there in the military and you see caskets come off and, um, yeah, bringing our military, yeah, yeah military people back home. Um, wow. so yeah, yeah, it's interesting. This is, uh, now <laughs> the thing is now when you, um, how many people? How many passengers are usually on the flight on this of this, of this particular one? Now, what is the name of the aircraft again? Um, I fly a CRJ seven and nine hundred. It's a Canada regional jet, so it's made in Canada. <laughs> uh, regional jet. Um, there's a seven hundred variant that carries uh, 67, 65, or sixty seven people, or um, the nine hundred um, model carries seventy six passengers. Um, so in those, we have uh, 12 uh, people that are in first class, and then the rest of it's, uh, we have basic economy and then economy. So um, the biggest aircraft I, I fly carries 76 people. So it's a CRJ, yep, 7 or 900. Yeah, exactly. So you, you, you literally fly this one here? Yes. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know why they fell with a load, but I guess they want to be funny here, but. So the CRJ, and it goes. So the CRJ, that that's what you fly. With. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. so you're, in, you're in the. Now we we don't know the difference because we watch all these TV shows, we watch airplane, we watch a whole bunch of these phenomenons. So that you you said the right side is here. That's the side that you're on, right? That's correct. Correct. And the left side is here. So this is the thing. There's so many different questions people want to know here. So now. What happens if, and I asked this, Deb, do you know, do you, by the way, do you know Dawn Cook as, as far as a pilot? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I she, do. 
I interviewed her a month ago. Oh, word. Okay. All right. Yes. Yes, yes I do. Yes. Yep. What, yeah, she's, hey, she's, doing, she's doing the thing, too. Mommy is yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah, she's phenomenal. So, it's, it's I, and I knew that you had to know each other because she stressed that, hey, there's not a lot of us here. That's right. And um, I was like, you know, I wait to, because you don't want to ask somebody if they know somebody. Like, yeah, I know her shit. You know, she don't want right. to play on some love, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know, but that's dope. So now I asked her, so now what happens is with this, roughly how much is this, how, how heavy is this aircraft, roughly? About 80,000 pounds. 80,000 yeah. pounds. Yeah. At, at its heaviest, yeah. Yeah. We, it, it's funny because, I mean, not only are we moving a multi-million dollar piece of metal through the air at 500 miles power or more is heavy. You know, I'm like, today is arm day, you know? <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, it's about, it's about uh, 80,000 um, pounds uh, total. 80,000, now 80,000, so you're now at the highest height, you, this this right here, just from what you're looking at, knowing yeah. every day, how high is this roughly? Is that above the clouds or is that coming in between it? Probably, we're probably looking at maybe about 30,000 feet. Um, this aircraft in particular is certified to go up to as high as 41,000 feet um, okay. in, uh, in the air. So, um, yeah, that I would say this picture looks to be about uh, somewhere in the maybe 30, 30s, yeah, 30,000 feet in the air. So now what happens if you guys go 50,000, is it like police that give you a ticket for that and stuff like that? <laughs> we, we can't. We can't uh, We can't go above, above 41,000. Um, the aircraft just will not produce uh, enough engine thrust to be able to go that high. Um, so, yeah, that's that's why they have what we call service ceilings, um, max altitudes that the aircraft can fly safely. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. So you, you, you know we need to know these controls. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, everybody's joining in right now. You're here with the most amazing schools. So, I mean, we have number two of the sisters. We have a sister that was shooting next week, actually, that's in the South Africa, which is awesome. amazing. So, um, you know, somehow we're going to link everybody here together. But when you start this aircraft, right, is there a day that you come out and be like, yeah, nobody clean my damn thing. This thing is dirty. Like, <laughs> what happens? Like, what happens when you walk into the aircraft? Is there times when you walk into the cockpit and you don't like the way things are or somebody probably didn't wash properly? Like, how do you deal with all that from the beginning of walking onto this aircraft when we see all what your, your briefcases? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for me um, and uh, for pilots in general, we, we usually have a, a flow or procedures that um, we do to get ready for the flight. Um, so after we've stowed our bags in, in the proper places, um, we get into our seats and I know for me, one of the first things I do, especially, especially now, not that I didn't do it before COVID, um, cause I'm kind of like, I ain't know about this, but yeah, uh, they provide us with sanitary or sanitation, not sanitary wipes, Lord, right. Lord today, sanitation wipes, sanitation wipes to clean down the flight deck, uh, the controls right. and, and things of that nature. Um, so we, um, I, take the time to do that. Um, then I get my headset out, uh, my iPad out, and then I start setting up for the flight. Um, and then usually during 
our preparation to prepare for the flight. We make sure the controls are where they need to be. Um, there's no maintenance that uh, maintenance issues that need to be addressed. So it's it's a it's part of our kind of like pre-flight procedures um, that we do. Um, but yeah, uh, I all the airplanes are dirty. I'll be honest. I mean, they, they we do have cleaners that come in at night and clean the aircraft. Is there special cleaner that goes there because you know obviously because of the controls and stuff like that or it's the same um, cleans the plane. Um, no, so there they do have people that clean the back. I'm not sure if they're the same people. I would want to say no. Um, right. that they would have to have some type of authorization to be able to enter the flight deck, um, or a different type of training. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, uh, but I do know it was funny. Just a couple of days ago, I came in and on my seat they left um a spray bottle with uh, alcohol and like um. It was like some type of solution that they use to clean the flight deck. So I knew they was in oh, there. Oh, alcohol, ladies and gentlemen. It's yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Clean oh, spray. Why you scotch there? Clean, clean, clean spray. Clean spray. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that, for that specification. But uh, yeah, they left some clean spray. So, so yeah, they do come in, uh, right. clean the aircraft. And then um, in particular now, especially dealing with COVID, um, the procedures have been bumped up uh, quite a bit in that they're uh, really taking the time to uh, more thoroughly clean the aircraft for passenger use. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. Um, so, the, the shout out to Twerk Nation, and we have a lot of people. Uh, um, well, I know everybody's like, "Oh, you're early." Yeah, we're here early because she got some major things to do, and she's flying <laughs> very, very precious cargo. Yes. Um, the thing is, now you know you, you, you break that. Your husband is your husband. Shout out to your husband. Is your husband actually a pilot, or he's, he doesn't have anything to do with aviation? No, he has uh, nothing to do with aviation um, at all, and I actually love it that way. <laughs> I love it that way. Um, yeah, um, no, he, he's not involved in aviation. However, I say that he has been involved in aviation uh, since the beginning. Uh, he's my college sweetheart. Uh, when I met him, uh, I was in flight training. Um, so he met me as a pilot already. Um, and he's been here supporting the journey from day one. So, yes, absolutely. Thank you for the shout out. Shout out to Hubby. You know what? Because uh, one thing that I've learned is a lot of sisters out here, they're really trying to, a lot of women that follow me and they really want to uh, get them a, a good man, you know? You know, it seems like so far, you know, I haven't shot a single uh, <laughs> woman that worked in aviation yet. Yeah. Everybody seems to be in families and hubbied up. But, you know, um, I guess that would be the question. Are there any, without naming them, mm -hmm. are there any single female airplane pilots out there? Because I, I because a lot of these guys they're like going across to these seas and I don't I don't see how a man could get off that plane and not shoot a shot to one of these single sisters. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Oh, yeah. There's 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 tons tons of single uh, women in the industry. It's funny because um, when people think about this industry and this is just a stigma that's a, attached with it. Um, in particular, the male pilots carry a stigma of having multiple wives, um, affairs, uh, you know, things of that nature. Too, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, wife at home, girlfriend at work, th that stigma is, is prominent in the industry. Um, however, there are just as many happily married 
um, pilots out there, women and men um, that are in the industry. Um, but to answer your uh, question specifically, yeah, there are, there are tons of, of single women pilots. So, you know, if y'all interested, shoot your shot. You, that you is shoot it. Shot, fellas. I don't understand. Yes. I just don't get it, you know, because that is the thing. It's like, you know, there's so many of these situations where people are complaining and this, that, and the third, and yo, there's no good woman out here. You know, I'm like, I don't understand how y'all going to these different countries, just my opinion. You're going to these different countries, chasing these Latin sisters. You yes. got black sisters flying you to the country. Yes. You on a plane with her. She flew you there. Yes. How dare you? I don't even, this, this shit is just crazy to me. Yes. So, you know, I always tell people there's certain type of careers that I get giddy with. I don't want the woman to think this it's because she's sweeping floors. Hey, mate, why you don't interview her? So that's not true. No, it's just yeah. that when I have a love for a certain machinery, and two of the big things that I love is planes, trains, and automobiles, literally, in that order. Awesome. You know, I love trains. Anybody you know that's driving a locomotive diesel or they pushing an Amtrak diesel and she's a female, please have them holler at me immediately. And if she's shooting out of, if she's working out of New York, New Jersey, even better, I'll come over there with the, the camera. Me, me and Dominic, this on a professional camera soon because you're about to see this trilogy of this amazing mode of trains, planes, trains, automobiles, right? So we got a plane, a woman that's pushing the trains, and a woman that's pushing the automobiles. And we talk about women that's pushing some, we ain't talking about just driving a cheap 500 class Mercedes down the block. We talking women that drivers for whatever they do because I, I want y'all to have more of a look. Now, listen, she's clearly a married woman, but the, the mode of just understanding that sisters just don't get this recognition the behind the scenes, on the scenes, and um, it's frustrating to me. So that's why I want to ask that now. Um, has there ever been a situation in the past that you've seen, you know, without naming <laughs> a male pilot, you know, get caught out there like he walked off the plane and the wife was like, oh, you're dirty bastard. Like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm pretty because every job got their drama. Absolutely. Um, I could only imagine. I'm pretty sure. I mean, listen, a man's in a candy store. Work. Listen, if a man is working uh, as a stewardess, right? Mm -hmm. On the mm -hmm. he's in a candy store. He's meeting everybody. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the women are probably wanting to meet him too because they could also fly around the world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, is that a thing that people tend to take advantage? And do you happen to get the typical, instead of somebody looking at your profession, they go straight to a buddy pass. How, how do you deal with that? <laughs> um, I think I, I, I've dealt with, so you asked uh, a lot of uh, multiple, a good question. To answer your first question about <laughs> have, have we, have our experience like, um, you know, my captain or something dealing with like uh, his wife or something. Oh, yeah. Um, I have not seen it in the terminal, but I've seen it in, we're sitting in the flight deck, we got the parking brake part, and wife is blowing them up, and I, I've seen some little drama, uh, in that, in that regard. Uh, right. never, never seen, uh, that happen actually outside the airport. However, um, I do have a story about, uh, about a year ago, um, didn't happen to me personally, but, um, there was an upset, uh, spouse that was upset with her husband and uh, placed a bomb threat on uh, his, yeah, his aircraft um, caused, a, oh, caused a security God. issue. Yeah. Um, so we have those instances. We, you get disgruntled, um, you know, spouses and partners and 
they do crazy things like that. Um, and and thankfully that's yeah. Thankfully, thankfully, you know, nothing ever turned out of that. But yeah, you you have those instances where people will do things like that just to get you know things riled up. Um, but in regards to people respecting my travel benefits and and things of that nature, uh, when I first started, it was a little. It's a little annoying. Uh, sometimes people, like, can you, you got any discounts? Can you hook me up with this? Blah, blah, blah. And I try to tell people like, yes, being in the industry is great. We do have the opportunity to be able to um, fly anywhere that we want, but it comes with a price. And when I say with a price, meaning we get the opportunity to do that, but on what we call a standby basis. Meaning, yes, um, you know, we may or may not get on the airplane um, if, if there's not enough seats for us to accommodate us. Um, so that in itself can be stressful, um, especially if you really need to, to be somewhere. Um, yes, we can take advantage of that, but if you really need to be somewhere, you buy a ticket. And then also too, our benefits are limited in who we can share them with. So uh, our immediate family does get the opportunity to fly the same status as we do, um, standby um, and a discounted yeah. tickets, but you know, cousin, uh, auntie, all that, you know, I, I, I'm like, hey, I wish I could help y'all, but those benefits are not extended to you all. But the, the, husband, the husband gets those benefits. Yeah, hus husband, uh, children, mom, dad, um, step parents, if, if that's the case. Um, yeah, they get those benefits. Your immediate family, um, and, and including your parents, they get to take advantage of those benefits. But anything outside of that, um, if you want someone to use those benefits, then yes, you can afford them a buddy pass. Right. Um, but again, two things. One, you're flying standby. And two, you're at the like, uh, shout out to Robin, shout out to Larry Chief. Uh, is that true? Is that, is that a Say that again. Robin private pilot handbook that's really yeah rob machado the private pilot handbook uh, i'll speak to that just in just a second i just saw oh. that attention. I'm like i'm like man he's bringing it back to the beginning things. um but to speak on the uh, the buddy passes uh you're flying standby until you're flying at the like lowest absolute lowest status possible um so if you are going to get on um you're one of the last people to get on and um you do have to pay a, a percentage um to use a small percentage to use that. And to be honest, sometimes you can find a uh, ticket, a it's confirmed cheap. seat ticket cheaper. So yeah, I'm, like, yeah, I'm like, you don't want to, yeah, I mean. I heard about that. Yeah, because yeah. they, well, is that the same thing? Because my, a friend of mine works for JetBlue, but yeah. he's not a pilot. Do, mm -hmm. do they get the same privileges with but, a buddy pass, the buddy pass regardless? Yeah, buddy pass, the buddy pass. Yeah, if you're an employee, um, if you're an employee you, and, you, and you have the option of uh, receiving buddy passes, then yeah, you can absolutely use them. Um, to or you can let whoever you want use them, oh, um, wow. and then have that access. Um, but I'll tell you this like, whew, not only are buddy passes kind of like not all that great, um, you have to bear, be very careful who you give them to because they are a representation of you at the airline. Yeah. I, I just a few months ago, I'm telling you, we're taking a 30 minute flight from Charlotte to, um, I think maybe Wilmington. North Carolina, some lady on a buddy pass, you know, representing an employee of some sort, didn't want to comply with like putting her handbag up, started a commotion with the flight attendant and gets kicked off the airplane. My airplane, we had to turn around, come all the way back to the gate. It was ugly. I'm what? Ugly. And I'm, yeah, it was, uh, I'm talking about number one for takeoff. We, we cleared for takeoff. Like, what was it? Yeah, yes. Yeah. 
we're yeah on my airplane we we turned around it's not not too not too long ago we had to turn around because at that point it becomes a safety issue if you can't listen to instructions our flight attendants in the back shout out to the flight attendants because they are essential interview some flight attendants too i don't want to definitely appreciate you they they are an essential piece of the operation when we say crew i I mean it we are everybody Yes, I cannot do my job without them. So shout out to them. But yeah, in particular, this um, this lady on the buddy pass, she didn't want to comply with the flight attendant's instructions. So if you don't want to comply in the ground, if we have emergency, how do I know? You know, or how do they know that you're going to yeah. comply in the air? So it becomes a safety yeah, yeah. factor. So yeah, the captain's like, oh no, we're not doing this today. Nope. So we turned all the way around. Number one for takeoff, mind you, it's in Charlotte Airport, which is I was about to literally let loose. Turned around. Parked the, parked the airplane at the gate and she was off there. And how long was the process take? Did you know that? that. As, how long was the process take for her to get off and to go back um, on? It ended up being almost an hour delay. So by the time we taxied all the way back to the gate, uh, at that point we have to call um, customer service uh, representatives, managers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They have to document the story. We have to talk to um, dispatch, get new fuel numbers. It's a lengthy. Pro- I mean, it's like really. Um, so a little 30 minute flight, we could have been there and back, you know, in the time that it took to take, to kick her off the aircraft. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but unfortunately she messed up that opportunity for whoever gave her that buddy pass. So you, you, you'll hear a lot of people's like, nah, I don't give out. But I noticed that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause my, one of my boys, he was kind of funny one time. Cause he's like, yeah. he, I don't know. He was stolen. This is before, this is before, um, you know, before the COVID situation, but mm-hmm. I stop asking him. And yeah. I think I, because it was at the time where it was like, yo, we really trying to, like, yo, let me know you ready to go somewhere. We could definitely yeah. do something. I'm like, all right, so yeah, let's do something. Yeah. But it was like, you know, he gets a certain amount of money. I said, listen, it ain't worth it. I was finding yeah. some stuff online, you know, so yeah. I didn't want to give the situation, because listen, we all like a little bit of seniority, but come on now, I don't want to be in a position and somebody doesn't necessarily, um, you don't want to mess up a, a privilege, yeah. you know. Absolutely, yeah. If there's hesitancy from people giving out buddy, buddy passes for a reason, I'm telling you, because you know any little thing, um, you know, non-compliance, carrying too many bags, pushing the limits, bothering the gate agents. I mean, they can write you up, and then yeah, you know, you can you can have your travel passes uh, revoked, and that's just not a, a risk that most people are willing to take. Um, but real quick, back to that comment, real quick. I think it was. Uh, Chief Truck a lot. Shout out to you for um, getting the, that Rob Machado uh, Private Pilot Handbook. That is a gem. Um, if you are in flight training right now, um, it is a gem right there. That's a gem. That's that's some good knowledge in there. Rob Machado is the man. I'm friends with him on, on Facebook. Uh, he's a he's an aviation uh, guru. Um, and yeah, wow. that, was, that was actually that was actually one of the first uh, book of uh, one of the first literature um that i received in my private pilot um, ground school wow so somebody uh, so is an aviation heavy right here this book oh, absolutely person. He, he's like i don't know if you ever heard of uh martha and john king but uh they yes. <laughs> they do out of like aviation they, they they don't now yeah. the person that gave this comment the chief truck a lot it, uh-huh. it is safe to say that he's an aviation clearly the person that uh, made the comment yeah, if he is, if he has this private pilot handbook, um, it sounds to me like he's in flight training. I don't like, I don't know this gentleman, but um, right. yeah, it it sounds like he's in private pilot ground training or flight training. And if so, uh, you got a good piece of literature to read up on it, know it, and uh, you're in good hands. 
Yeah, shout, shout out. Shout out to Rob. I got to check that out. My shadow. Um, somebody wants to know, TP wants to know, is the racism basically in the industry similar to the military? Yeah, so good question. I don't have a military background, um, so I can't speak to what goes on in the military, although we've all heard stories. Um, here recently, you've heard of some stories of, of, of um, the Air Force in particular addressing um, these issues, uh, Navy, etc. Uh, so I can't speak to the military side. Um, is there racism, racism in the industry? Racist? Uh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> no question about it. No question about it. Um, blatant stuff? No, uh, no. I wouldn't say it's, it's blatant. Uh, but you, 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 it's more or less like, come on, like, you, you yeah, it's 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 more like uh, implicit bias. Um, you're dealing with with people that uh, culturally don't understand why uh, we support Black Lives Matter, or don't understand how we had to get it from the mud to get to where we at now. Um, you know, don't understand the background, etc. Um, so I would say it's more so related to like implicit bias. Um, but yeah, there's I mean. I feel like there's racism and racist in, in every industry. Um, so yeah, th but that's a good question. Has there ever been a situation where you literally like came into the car, think you got a different partner? I mean, it's not like y'all deal with the same partner every day. It's different every day. Yeah. Uh, well, not every day. Um, it's usually different every trip that we have. And a trip okay. consists of uh, two days to four days um, in my particular situation. Uh, but yeah, it's usually different, different um, crew members. And has there ever been a thing where it was like attitude? <laughs> um, in my case, I, I think for me, I'm a very personable person. So I feel like I haven't really had an opportunity to experience racism directly. Right. Um, biases, yes. Um, but for me, I'm not there to make friends. I absolutely want to enjoy my crew members and want to enjoy who I'm flying with. And usually if it's someone that I kind of got a side eye, like Ooh, this guy you know, <laughs> may not kind of respect me again. Like I told you, right. I let my work ethic, I let my professionalism, uh, my flying skills speak for itself. I don't have anything. Yeah, you, I, I think you prepared for that though. I, I think that's just a natural thing with your personality. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's just, yeah. that's just me. Um, if you saw my, my live today, you know, my videos today, we, when you fly with me, you gonna have fun. You know, I don't care if you don't. It's funny the the, the one of the the flight attendants that fly with me to uh, today. She's real quiet, right. barely talk. But if you saw today, she's dancing in the video. I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I'm like what? Yeah, yeah, like I'm like I try to. I didn't, bring that. A, I didn't even get a notification for that. Oh yeah, today early this morning, four o'clock this morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a little party today. We had a little party. We we rocking out. We had a little waka flocka going on, and you know. Yeah, I, heard, I see the video. Are we? Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, that. yeah. So I'm sorry, I didn't go live. I'm sorry, I had some videos. Uh, right. But um, yeah. So just you know, kind of doing our pre-flight um uh, duties today. We're just turning up, you know, again carrying that energy, setting tone. You had her doing this after the flight. We all landed or before. No, this is before. So this is before boarding. Um, everyone was getting ready and doing our, like I said, pre-flight duties. And, you know, we had the music going and, and, she, and she's dancing. And I'm like, that's what it's about. Like, we come we come in here, one, to do our job. And two, to, you know, if you can have fun, that's 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 awesome. And so, like, I try to bring that energy everywhere that I go. So 
in, in every flight that I come to. So when I say that I really haven't had that issue with dealing with racism and bias, yes, I know that it's there. Yes, I can acknowledge it. But do I feed into that? No, I don't. Because guess what? At the end of the day, we're both pilots. And I'm talking, speaking to me and my captain. We're both pilots. And at the end of the day, if I can't find anything else to talk about, I know I can talk about flying. I know I can talk about, you know, the job that we're doing. I can always find just something to relate to. You know, you, have, you got dogs down, you know, you got kids, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, you mean, I, right. Yeah. And that's just me. You, you, be a, yeah. you, you break that silence. Absolutely. That's just me. So, um, yeah, so I, I haven't had too much of, of an issue with that. And, and, and uh, I, I take pride in it. I just think that's my personality. Yeah, you know what? We need more of that. That's that's something that you notice that's lacking these days. Um, Minister, Associate Minister says, much love and respect for our professional attitude, professional energy, professional pride color means nothing. It's a work ethic that counts. That's right. Totally agreed. Uh, Twerp, Twerp X Nation says, the aviation bug is real. My exposure was getting on my first flight to basic training for USAF after mm -hmm. six years of air traffic control, I'm eager to use my G bill for flight training. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out to the controllers. Uh, much respect to uh, you. Um, one, thank you for your, your service. Twerp X Nation. Thank yeah. you for your service. Number two, uh, thank you for being an air traffic controller. Again, you are a huge part of the puzzle as well. Um, so thank you for, for that time. And yeah, um, take advantage of that GI Bill. There's a lot of people, um, ex-military, current military. Yeah, that's a military. Yeah, that's a military thing um, that have opportunity to use that. Uh, use it. Do your research first, because um, just from my background of working with um, in universities and with students, uh, the GI Bill has some limitations to it as far as like what flight schools that you can use it at. Um, so make sure you do your research. Pick a, a great flight school. And uh, get those ratings. Get those ratings. Now, Trump says something else also. says, I hope to be as great as you one day. Although I'm a man, I have a nice niece who's smart as a whip, and I'll be proud to see her become a sister of the sky someday. Keep inspiring us. Now, thank you for that donation. I appreciate Salute. it. Appreciate Salute. It. Thank you. Salute. Salute. Oh, wow. That, 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 that's that little energy we, you know what I mean? That's what we need. Right. Because... I tell her, it's like I have to endure the crowd as well. Um, somebody did say they don't feel that the black um, YouTube algorithm is the same for blacks as it is. Yeah, but I, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take the same energy I, I did for first officer here. If that's the case, then that's the case. But you know what? I don't even trip on that because they can't all my videos being wild. Now, listen, I remember I told Dawn, I remember Dawn took a little while to do an interview with me. I said, Dawn, listen, I do interviews all types of ways. If you see me spazzing in my truck, I don't talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> he started cracking up. I said, I know you and your husband because her husband is actually a, a pilot also. He, he is a pilot, yep. He is a pilot. And um, she's like, no, Nate. I said, no, nah. I was like, she started cracking up. I said, you probably see some of my crazy videos, but doing the <laughs> exclusives is a whole different animal. <laughs> yeah. So sure. shout out to all the hubbies that if they watch me, every video is fixed for that video. And this is something that we have to I have to clearly get let people know what's going on. Um Beastmo says still is very educational. Shout out to Nate and the Black Queen. And that sounds great to hear the Black Queen. And wow. the, you know what? I tell people you're gonna look at planes different now. When you pass by Newark Airport or Kennedy Airport or wherever you are, I mean I'm, I'm only saying where I live. If yeah. you're JFK or you know uh, where's well, 
We have uh, LaGuardia. LaGuardia. Yeah, when you see the planes in the sky, you're going to look at it different right now because you're going to be like, damn, don't be right. pushing that. That's right. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Beast Mode. Appreciate that. Yeah, no questions. So now, um, a, a few questions I want to go before before I have a few questions from the from um the chat. So, in chat, if you have any questions, feel free to put it down. We'll get to you without a doubt. Um, the crew, when you guys connect together, I'm pretty sure everybody has a wild story. I I, I think out of everybody on the plane. Who sees the wildest things on an aircraft? What position? The flight, the flight tenants. They do, right? The, absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. We get the backstory. You no, know we're wrong the, with that too. Yeah, yeah. We get the backstory. We 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 get we get, oh my god, we had this passenger, this and this and this, or we have what? an issue now. Yeah. But yeah, the flight tenants, hands down. The flight attendant number numero uno. Now, in the we were talking about the air traffic control, you know. Have you ever heard of a story of a UFO from a, from air traffic controller? To act? <laughs> Did you ever hear a radio with something? I was doing this also. That something was a little off. It wasn't a bird. Mm -hmm. I, I have no. I have not. I have not had any UFO <laughs> encounters or heard, of, or heard of any uh, UFO. Um, stories or instances through air traffic control but i will tell you this we see some interesting things in the sky um i'll tell you this uh there's been some time I'm like whoa did you see that so you know just just um i i don't know like maybe there's ufos out there i don't i don't really know um maybe i, I don't know i i don't have a personal account that. That's the um but i will say if you don't believe in like the solar system and planets and things like that, you're crazy because it exists. The stars, the, the the moon, the planets, that is real. We see that stuff. We see shooting stars. It's beautiful. Um, it's serene. Um, so yeah, that that for sure is uh, a legit fact. What, what have you seen? Or is it like that thing like we'll be home and you're like, okay, I know how to just see something, but whatever. Maybe I'm just hallucinating. Is mm -hmm. it like that, like sometimes, yeah, sometimes, yeah. So, uh, in particular, and that's what I, that's what I enjoy most about the uh, night flying, in particular. Um, yeah, you'll see shooting stars. Um, there's a there's an app actually that you can have on your phone. Um, it's if you point it up to the sky to show you like constellations, a big bright. You can see in particular just based off like the brightness of a particular star. You're like, okay, this is probably Jupiter. This is Mars. Um, etc. and things like that. Yeah, so yeah, the, the things that we see in the sky is absolutely uh, beautiful. Um, <laughs> you just yeah. so there's, there's been no, there's been, I, I don't speak the hell out of people. Um, what is the highest level you see the bird? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, maybe like 10,000, 8,000 feet. They don't, go, they don't come up all that high. They don't come, but I will tell you today, whoa, we almost hit a bird today. <laughs> what? Coming in. Yeah, and it's so crazy um, because we were coming in on an approach and literally like had to bank the aircraft to avoid um, the aircraft hitting or the, uh, the birds hitting the windshield because that's where they were headed. I mean, they were headed straight. So we were probably at maybe a, a school of birds. Uh, it was about three seagulls. We were in, oh, Charleston. That's where we started this morning. Charleston. Yeah, um, about three seagulls today. Um, coming in on the approach into Charleston, um, 
so we had to be at maybe like 1500 feet so you know not not very yeah not very high um and literally had to like bank the aircraft to avoid excuse me the birds um so that they wouldn't hit the windshield yeah so (laughs) so they don't get very high but you know, it's something that we do have to watch out for. Well, the, the, uh, is, so is, is a bird, uh, clearly a bird is equivalent to a, a deer to a car because I know that time that like, I spoke to Dawn about where in New York here, where that the pilot landed a plane because all those yeah. birds were going to fit yeah. in the, the river. Yeah, but you want to know what's crazy about that? I shout out to Sony, <laughs> but it's like, come on, man. Why aren't you trying to not hit the birds? You know, like today, like, come on, bro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and maybe he was in a position where maybe he's just like, and sometimes you do have to make that decision, like, oh, yeah. there's nothing really we can do. We're too low. We're not baking. We're not doing that. You just you gotta hit it. Yeah, you just, you just gotta go. Um, and but, you don't hear uh, noise or nothing, right? You don't hear like nothing. Uh, you might hear a bang. You might hear a bang. Okay. Um, yeah, but the, but even so, if we have uh, any type of like wildlife track uh, or wildlife um, hits to the airplane, we have to. Um, make sure that the airplane's expected and, and things like that. But typically speaking, we don't have a lot of birds that hit the windshield. They're hitting the engine or maybe the side of the airplane. Uh, the, the, the thing is spinning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're I, I, I don't know what it is. They're attracted to that. And Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. So that, you know, The thing is, it's moving, obviously, about a million miles an hour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. turbine. Yeah. Um, but... Clearly, if enough birds get in there, it could cause oh, them. Oh, absolutely. Substantial damage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, we do our best to avoid um, those situations, but there's sometimes you just you just can't. Um, <laughs> you've taken off, and here they go. So, in particular, some of the things that we try to do, the or ATC in particular, to go back into how they play into this as well, um, right. we mitigate bird strikes and things of that nature. Is they give us reports. Um, so, if we're, I'm coming in like today, I'm coming into Charleston, Hey, uh, uh, air traffic, you know, hey, tower. Uh, we have a flock of birds just over the approaching of the runway, 500 feet. So that way we can give other pilots behind us that um, warning. And that yeah, things of that nature. I know y'all codes be different. Y'all say those exact words because I know y'all language is different when y'all talking to the oh, tower. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, flock of birds, 500 feet, 200 feet, flock of birds approaching in the runway. Um, that's yeah, that's absolutely that's the verbiage we use. Um, and then two, when we're checking the weather and there's been like bird activity um, or places that we know um, there is a lot of bird activity, then air traffic control will issue that warning when they're giving us the weather and we're getting that report too. So we know to kind of be vigilant and heads up for those, um, you know, those warnings and things like that. So now when you're landing, it's snowing. You know, you're in the, you're you're, in the, you're going to wherever and it happened to be snowing. How in the hell does that plane land on the runway with snow? I never understood. Yeah, so uh, in particular, a jet aircraft has um, a system that it allows us to be able to stop. So we have multiple systems. We have um, what we call thrust reversers, which are on the engines, which basically take um, the backside of the engine cowling is what we consider it, where the jet blast will come out. And it uh, brings out these, like, chambers type things that actually reverses the flow um, of the aircraft that helps us to be able to stop reverses the flow of the engine thrust that be able uh, that allows us to to stop um we also have that, oh um, right right that yeah, whole thrust reversers yeah so that that's the part yeah yeah that's the, that's the, yeah 
that's your thrust reversers. Um, so that allows us to, to stop. So that's a, a very important tool and helpful tool um, that we are able to utilize. Uh, we also have, uh, most aircraft have what we call um, ground spoilers. And spoilers are just what they, um, what the name entails. They spoil the amount of lift that's generated on an aircraft so that when you touch down, which has to have certain criteria, meaning um, when the wheels touch down uh, to a certain speed, weight on wheels, things of that nature, this system deploys spoilers, which lift up on the wings, stop airflow from coming, and that's also a stopping agent as well. So we have those tools that we use in the brake system as well, um, so that when we're landing on snow, ice, rain, um, it helps to get the aircraft stopped safely. So, so there's no thing like the snow, the, 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 the plane sliding all the time. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. The, the airplane can definitely slide. Um, it definitely, it definitely can slide. Um, and that, again, that's, you know, that's an anomaly um, because, again, we have these things to help. Um, but if you touch down too fast, um, if your uh, ground system, your ground spoiler system doesn't deploy in the right way, doesn't get the aircraft stopped. If you're too aggressive, you get down you, and you're too aggressive, you stomp on the brakes. You might, it's just like skidding in the car. You might skid the, the wheels and think, yeah, skid the thing. So, yeah, um, those things do happen, um, but we have these things on the aircraft to prevent um, that from happening. Um, so, and then we have the training too to be able to land in these conditions. So, now every, you know, they said every landing's different. Oh, absolutely. Every landing's different. So, now what happens with, <laughs> you're like in traffic. There's no horn on a plane, right? So what happens if somebody's in front of you and like, yo, get the hell out of the way, man. I'm move over. I'm trying to get. <laughs> what do y'all do with that? Yeah, so we're we're uh, required to do uh, what we call a go around. Um, so really? yeah, so it's up to again, again. I keep telling you, like, there's so many pieces involved in aviation. So shout out to air traffic control. Air traffic control is is in charge of the separation required. Um, for us to be able to land safely. So um, they make sure that we have adequate separation between aircraft landing and another aircraft landing or aircraft landing, aircraft departing, etc. cetera. Um, so that is their job, and they do a great job at that. Um, but there are times where it gets close. You don't get the credit they deserve. You're right about that. That's yeah, why absolutely. I no, oh, absolutely. That, shout out to them. Um, so um, they do a very good job and making sure that we have the required separation. But there are times um, when that separation gets tight. Um, you got some person that lands, um, and maybe you're going a little bit faster, and now they're taking a little bit too long to get off the runway. Um, in that situation, we're well, not able to land. So, yeah, we're not able to land, so we have to do what we call a go-around. So we just pitch the airplane up, go around, and do it again. Oh, so, okay, yeah. so go back around, and then yeah. Yeah. And that plane could be right there in that same spot. Go over. Yeah. So yeah. So in particular, in, in the airline industry, uh, well, not just airline industry. In in general, when you're flying, you, you never want two aircraft on the runway at, at the same time. Um, so right. yeah, an aircraft has to be clear and exit exited the runway for another aircraft to come in and land. Um, and like I said, air traffic control is responsible for that separation. Um, but when it gets close, and that's not. Um, you know, you're not, they're not able to do that, have an aircraft cleared off before another one lands. And yeah, the aircraft that's coming in for landing has to go around and come back around and do it again. So I just yeah. see you down. Like, yo, what the, the hold on? Man, there's been, there's been, 
there's been some close there's been some close calls but again like i said I mean, the, the joy about being an airline pilot is we're trained for these scenarios we're trained um in, 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 in particular um just to kind of get you in like the mindset of of our job and some of the things that we have to do um during a, a, a takeoff we're trained to abort the takeoff under a certain speed um if there are any issues that arise um so if there's anything that comes up we're trained to abort the, the takeoff um if it happens above a certain speed we're trained to go so if we're uh, in particular if we're above um what we call uh v1 which is our takeoff safety speed if right. we're above that and our engines on fire we're going we're taking off um we're taking off we'll deal with the problem in the air we'll come back and we'll land it uh uh safely uh in particular for landing we're coming in um and so the the kind of perception and what i'm trying to relay is that on takeoff we should always be prepared to abort um so just that's in your mind we should be prepared for that yeah we should be prepared for that um same thing with landing uh, we should be prepared to go around if we need to um so those are just kind of like the mindsets that we have um and that's why they say that takeoff and landing are the most critical phases of flight because they are um you have to be ready to react uh, based upon the situation that's presented in front of you and that's what our training uh truly entails and, and consists of so but you can't yeah. do nothing god forbid if you have a, a, a lunatic that a guy or a female that jumped in the middle of the runway there's no it's, it's like a train you can't do anything yeah. about it Nope, uh, no, if we're over a certain speed, we, we got to go and, and, and bless his heart. Hope we can get over him. And yeah. Um, <laughs> Have you yeah, seen so, it yeah. before? No, I, I haven't. I haven't. Most, uh, most of the time it's wildlife, coyotes, deer. Um, it's about, mm, it's been about five years ago now. Right. Um, my company, we had an aircraft that hit a deer. I, I mean, smacked it. Uh, it was not good. Um, but they were con- able to continue, you know, the flight came back in and landed, but it, they suffered, the aircraft um, had a lot of damage, substantial damage to it, so. Now, what is your dream plane to fly? Oh, man, uh, you know what? I love, love, love the Boeing 787 Dreamliner. What's crazy is the awesome. fact, I told you, 787 Dreamliner. Um. So yeah, just put a uh, type yeah, Boeing B seven eight seven. Um seven eight seven? Seven eight seven, yep, seven eight seven. Yep. Um, so what's crazy is I told you I was in Charleston today. Um, that was my overnight uh last night. In Charleston, on the airport is actually the Boeing factory. Um, and yeah. lined up there. I wish I would have taken a picture of it. Um they yeah. had <laughs> they had aircraft from British Airways, from all these 787s, like, lined up. It was beautiful. Um, such a great air, aircraft. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I hope to, to fly one day. That is like, is it, is it on a control level, is that luxurious as well? Oh, absolutely. That's top notch. That's top of the line. Top of the line. Uh, not qualified to, to fly, but, you know, that's just, that's just today. <laughs> Ten years from now. Definitely, um, but um, yeah, that's that's a, a what we consider a heavy it's airplane. A plane, y'all. Let y'all say yeah. like so. This yeah. is the Rolls Royce of the of the of the planes or the Mercedes of the planes. 
Uh, I guess it depends on your preference. <laughs> uh, it's definitely a, a, the Roy's, uh, Roy's Rolls. Rolls Royce, right? Yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, it's always oh, a beautiful, it's a beautiful aircraft. Um, you could fly this right now. You could get in this thing right now and throw this in the air. Um, with, oh, with yes. No, am I qualified to fly on that? Oh, no. qualified, right, okay. What's yeah, the difference? I'm not qualified. <laughs> I'm What's not qualified, but hey, you know, and that's what, yeah, that's, that's kind of like the beauty of aviation is the fact that flying an airplane in itself, whether it's a small four seater Cessna prop aircraft to a 787, the concept is the same. You have the same aerodynamic forces. Um, you lift, you know, you pull up, you pitch down, you bank left, you bank. The concept, the foundation is the same. Um, it's just the techniques or the different types of um, engines or what type of engine that you're dealing with, whether it's a prop, a turboprop, a jet engine, and how the aircraft performs is where you get different experience um, on flying different aircraft and where um, you kind of make a transition in your career uh, career to be able to fly different type of aircraft. But the concepts, the foundation is the, is the same. So. I mean, this thing looks extremely, incredibly beautiful. It's beautiful. That is a gorgeous looking aircraft. Yeah, that's beautiful. Look how this thing just sitting there. Damn, that's sexy. Dope. Yeah. I'm trying to hold back here. I'm really trying to hold back. <laughs> Seriously, like that. So now, for the most part, you would know how to. You're not qualified per se, but you still would you know to do a lot better with that than I would. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like I just said, the foundation is the same. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I am not what we call type rated. Um, I do not have um, the type rating to be able to fly that aircraft. But yeah, I mean, it, like I said, same con concept, same foundation. And uh, soon, you know, it won't be it won't be long soon. Now, um, we have a thing too now. Now the thing is, have you ever had your husband on the plane and your kids, and you fly you fly the same plane? Um, no, I have not had that opportunity. Um, I haven't. I know my girls. Uh, my girls. Shout out to my my babies. Um, they ask me all the time. You know, mom, we want to go flying with you. Um, I just haven't had that opportunity to um, take them up. We've flown together, of course, um, as passengers. But no, I haven't, and uh, I look to I look forward to to doing that one day. Um, so I, I got to make that happen. And it will. Yeah. What is this? Um, tell me this part here. What, what, what's going on here when you you're in an aircraft? Here? What's what's going on here? Yeah. So um, what it appears to be uh, the aircraft was taxiing out. Um, this appears to be getting ready for takeoff. Um, in particular, it's kind of kind of going a little slow for takeoff. Maybe it just landed. Um, uh, nope, takeoff. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um. So, uh, yeah. So, in particular, this aircraft is taking off. So, what am I doing? I'm pitching the aircraft up. Um. I'm, I'm pulling the yoke back, uh, oh. lifting up into the the sky. We have instruments in the uh flight deck. Right. Um, we call it a primary uh, primary flight display. Um, right. Where we're looking to uh, pitch the aircraft up in what we call um, our flight director, um, so it's like this like little triangle that we push the aircraft up into, and that gives us the correct pitch setting that we need to be able to lift off correctly. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a beautiful ex executed takeoff there, and uh, 
yeah, that's, again, that's a critical critical phase of flight and uh, most important uh, phase of, of flight. So y'all gotta get yeah. this thing out. Hey, y'all be thinking, man, y'all y'all gotta know that these sisters is out here doing what they do. Out I mean, here, and this is, you know, I mean, the fact that you know you go to work and you this is what you literally have to put you, you you can see all these people okay so this as we see that clearly is a very popular plane oh, absolutely. Go, like a Boeing 787 i believe that's like if anybody knows a plane that those no plane that's the first thing they're gonna actually identify with yeah why is it such a popular plane and so exclusive oh well um in particular um it's one of the biggest planes that we have um in production um, I'm not sure the total amount of passengers. I would say probably 300 or more. Um, but it's 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 a very modern aircraft um, in regards to the aviation systems on the aircraft, the engines, um, and the, just the capacity of it. So this airplane in particular, the 787, is called the Dreamliner. Um, is used uh, in particular for international flights because it has the capability of, of making long haul uh, flights uh, across the country. Um, but it's 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 one of the most modern aircraft that we have um, that has the capacity um, to carry tons of people, tons of cargo. In particular, um, this aircraft, uh, I believe it's the 787. It might be called a Guppy. Um, but it can. You were talking about aircraft. Can the aircraft carry cars? Yeah. I mean, this. You take the seats out. Cool. Yeah. You take the seats out. They carry uh, aircraft parts, wings, etc. Um, fly them internationally to you know be built in, in in production and things of that nature. So yeah, this this uh, that's just that's just a beautiful airplane. And um, yeah, I hope to fly it one day. Now this is okay. So you would be in the other side. Adjacent. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. The the one that um where your pointer's at is where the captain sits and the I sit on the other side. Okay, so you sit the first officer sits on the other side, and you sit here with the the captain sits here. Captain sits there, correct. Um is these these windows obviously about fifteen inches thick. Oh yeah, they yeah, they're they are thick. Um uh, yeah, that's uh that's for our safety again. Um hail, rain, thunderstorms, lightning. Um, birds, um, things of that nature. Yeah, that that protects us. Or anybody that doesn't like planes. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I mean, is that did they teach that in training that that's a possibility? And I know in the, in the locomotives with the trains, those 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 windows are um, are bulletproof because people throw shopping carts off of bridges and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they no. the train because if the trains are making loud, you know, a horn, a lot of people like to shoot at the train later. Oh night. wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say that's like part of our training. Um, but uh, we do have security training um, that consists of, you know, uh, our protections and things of that nature. She can't get that, ladies after 9 11. She's. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Let's let it be known. If you go up in that damn pilot and that cockpit, oh, yeah. you be looking like over. a. It's cheese and shit. Yeah, yeah, not not cool. Yeah, you asking for trouble, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, it, I think mostly those uh, the the glass is there for um, us to be able to fly through different weather elements and, and things like that. So um, that protection is mostly there for that. 
Now, so behind here, you would not suggest anybody want you about to take off because this turbulence now of that air could knock a person literally to the kingdom come. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the thrust from the engine um, is is definitely something that um, you have to be careful with. Um, even like during like our pushback procedures, when we're pushing back from the gate, we have to have um, clearance to be able to start the aircraft um, because we don't want to start an aircraft and there'll be other uh, ramp crew behind us, another airplane. Yeah, because right. that thrust is uh, is yeah, it's dangerous. You can. You could definitely damage something or, or hurt someone. So, yeah, definitely don't want to be behind a, a jet engine. <laughs> does it matter if you guys have white top on the runway or black top? Does it matter? No. No. It doesn't matter. Okay. Mm -mm. No. Now, some of these are, some of them are, uh, they do have like a, a warm thing going on there. Like they're heated, right? Some of them are heated, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, some, some runways do have that capability. Um, in particular, this looks like um, looks kind of. I don't know where this is at. Actually, it might be in Seattle. Um, Definitely not quite sure. Unless it was, I'm looking uh, at the people. I don't know if this, this is a different. It wouldn't surprise me if this is in Seattle. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we have airline markings on our runways and taxiways that um, help designate where we need to be. Um, as you can see right here, the runway numbers. Um, they're painted a certain color. Um, they're designated certain colors so that we can uh, see them um, at night or in weather conditions and, and, su and, and such things like that. So you see the yellow there. Like this, this is like a double wire right here? Uh, so yeah, so that's a taxi um, line. Um, so that's designated by yellow. Usually your runway numbers are black and white. Um, you have signage uh, that designates which runway you're going to. Those are red um, directional signs. Yeah, so it's there's a whole like <laughs> there's like a whole course on aircraft signage and uh, airport signage that yeah we are required to know as as pilots and that just helps us to be able to navigate around the aircraft. I mean, don't know I'm, this, I'm about to show this cockpit in a minute because <laughs> are you are you allowed to break down what controls or which? Yeah, yeah, I can tell you. I can tell you. And again, um, so I'm not familiar with this aircraft, but. What is the basic ones? The CRJ 900? CR. Yeah. You uh, type in CRJ 900. Yeah, cockpit or flight deck is, yeah. Now you guys call, okay, so. Uh, and then try to see if you can get like the image, go to like the, uh, the image panel. Panel? Um, so if you can type in, so if you can look under, like, instead of pulling the videos, try to pull the images. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, oh, that might be a little. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so CRJ. Um... There you go. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. That's my baby. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What yeah. the hell? Like, hold on. This is, <laughs> this is a good one. Or you want me to get another one? And that's, and you know what's crazy is uh, people see this and I'm like, whoa. But if you, <laughs> I, 
I'm sure you can find this, um, but it's a, a little bit more detail. There's actually, we have an overhead panel of a whole bunch of buttons and, and things of that nature. So this is, this is like the basics of um, the tools that we need to operate the aircraft. Um, so as you can see here, um, the two white things in the middle of the aircraft, uh -huh, those are our thrust levers. Um, so that controls the power. Um, as you can see, we have um, yoke on both sides of the aircraft for the captain and, and first officer. So those are the black Y-looking uh, things or U-looking things. Um, right. That is our, our yoke. Um, let's see. All of these screens here are where we get the information that we need to fly. So if you start the far left, yep, that first screen there is what we call a primary flight display. So that pretty much entails um, the things that we need to be able to fly the aircraft. So relating to pitch uh, power, so that encompasses um, what altitude they're at, what speed um, that we're at, um, if we're banking, if we're level, um, if we're pitched up or pitched down. So that is what we call a primary flight display. These two, these two here are the same as the two over here? Um, so the one on the far left and the one on the far right are the same. Yes, okay. that's correct. That's okay. correct. So that's what we call our PFD, our primary flight display, and that has our instruments um, that we need to fly the aircraft. Uh, right next to that, again, it's the same on both sides. Uh, right next to the PFD is what we call our MFD, multifunction display. So that's like a moving map. So we can see the different waypoints that we're flying to um, in the sky. Um, and that pretty much it kind of like draws our flight plan and we can see point to point to point um, where we're flying and it's, it's just a moving map that also encompasses um, fuel numbers and, and things of that nature on there. Um, so when we say it's a multi-function flight display, it encompasses a lot of different things, um, but that is a, a essential tool uh, for us. Um, in the middle... Keep talking. I'm, 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 go ahead. Yeah, going. okay. In the middle, um, we have what we call um, our return dis uh, data display, so ED1, ED2, um, and those are controlling, uh, or those tell us things about our, our engine, um, our power settings, how much fuel we're burning per hour. Um, if we have any type of issues that come up with the aircraft, uh, it alerts us on these, um, on these panels here, and then we're able to see like the different systems um, of, our, of our aircraft. So like the hydraulic system, we can see, you know, if we have the correct around, amount of hydraulic uh, fluid, we can see if we have the same one. correct amount of fluid. Um, it will be on the uh, right side, the second one. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So that's that's information relating to like the systems of the aircraft, hydraulic um, system, air conditioning system. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, and then, uh, and then again, like I said, so it's a redundant system has the same thing on my side. Um, and then right below that, if you see that kind of like, it looks like a little circle, the white circle handle. Um, no, nope, go back in the middle, directly in the middle. Yep. That's our gear. That's our gear handle. So we're pulling our gear up and down. Um, that's the, that's gears, wait, wait, that's the gears in the sky or the skids when you're on the ground? Uh, both. I mean, so that controls, so that lifts the gear, that lifts the gear up in the uh, sky and it puts it down right before we land. Um, so yeah, you can't move it. Yeah, when you're on the ground, it's locked. Um, you can't, you can't move it. 
Um, now who's, who's touching that? Both uh, usually the, the person that is not flying is who uh, controls the gear. So if I'm flying, then my captain is pulling the gear for me. If he's flying, then I'm pulling the gear for him. Wow. Um, yeah. So and so basically how it works is that you have what we call a person that is flying, the pilot flying, and you have the person that's pilot monitoring. If you are not flying, you're responsible for talking on the radios to air traffic control. Um, you're responsible for programming. Um, you will see real Yeah, you're responsible for uh, programming, you know, things in the, what we call flight management system um, and things of that nature. You are truly allowing the pilot that's flying to, to have all of their focus on flying. That's their goal. I mean, that's their mission to fly the airplane. Be focused. A lot, a lot of trust there. A lot of trust. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then vice versa. So then, when that, um, usually a lot of times we alternate legs. So um, if I'm flying a leg or two, then next go around they'll fly. So yeah, we get to alternate roles. So you don't, you're not talking on the radio all day. You're not flying all day. So yeah, but yeah, that's that's. Uh, that's and nobody listening to no classic R and B or nothing. <laughs> uh, if I tell if I tell you uh, if I tell you I might have to you know <laughs> no absolutely I mean we have some long flights uh, in particular right. my hair my headset has Bluetooth and uh, and just you know we're done talking and chatting you know like I throw on my tunes every now and then. Okay. Um, but in particular, yeah, um, in the flight deck, we're, we're not really allowed to um, listen to music or not. Uh, it has to be company-related uh, material if we want to read and things of that okay. nature. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, not saying it doesn't happen. It, it does. But generally speaking, um, you know, when we're up there, it should be primarily about now, what about the flight deck. You know, hey, you want to take a nap? You know what I'm saying? What, what do y'all do? You're tired. That you just got to deal with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in particular, um, like I like I stated, you know, um, so I have an early show, so I'm getting, you know, getting ready to call it a night here pretty soon. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, I have to make sure that I have an adequate amount of rest so that I am not there, um, tired and sleepy. I'm not, not going to say, you know, you, Head might not bobble a couple times and things like that, uh, especially if a long clear picture, ladies and gentlemen. It's a clear picture. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great picture. That's yeah. a great picture. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's our responsibility to make sure that we are properly rested um, so that we can perform the duties that we need to to perform. Um, and uh, yeah, so we do that. And then you know, that's why I, that's why I think pilots drink a lot of coffee too. We gotta do what we need to do to stay up. So yeah. <laughs> we do that in in. Yeah, so no, yeah. no real big issues there. Now, the, the, we was told these are the myths, and I want to address this, ladies and gentlemen. Literally, we, we, we're closing out of here at nine o'clock. She got to, she got to be doing this tomorrow in a few hours. So I'll yeah. let y'all know. Um, but she'll be back. You will be back, Germany. You will be back, right? I will. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. Um, this is the myth that we were getting. And I always ask this, even when I ask doing this, I always ask, does a plane fly itself? Because we're under the notion that all this means that the plane goes on autopilot and we can sit back, take a nap, and then watch YouTube. Is this true or false? <laughs> it's true to a degree. 
Yes, the aircraft has a has the ability to fly itself under the direction of the autopilot. But, but, and that's a big but, mm -hmm. we are there to monitor the automation. We have to be there to be that first line of defense just in case the automation does not do what it's supposed to do. Um, in particular, on my aircraft, we don't have what we call auto throttles. There are a lot of aircraft that have auto throttles, meaning that they don't. you don't have to manually control um, the throttles. In my aircraft, you do have to manually control the throttles. So if the airplane needs more thrust to climb, we have to put it there, um, as opposed to some other airplanes right, that, are, yeah, that are more automated. They can do that themselves. Um, so, yeah, we are there to monitor the automation. And I should say that just because the autopilot is controlling the airplane doesn't mean you can sit back and, and truly trust the autopilot because it is a computer. Um, so the things that you put in, things you're going to get out. So this is saying aviation shit in, shit out. You put in bad information. I put the wrong altitude in. Well, the, the plane only knows that it's going to that altitude. Oh, I wasn't supposed to be at that altitude. I need to get this. So we have to monitor that automation. So I say that yes and no. Um, we do have to uh, monitor the, the automation. But yeah, when we use autopilot, it's great. But yeah, we have to definitely have to watch it it's, it's it's amazing how we uh we have all these different things uh because we always compare a nice car to a cockpit of a plane. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. and um, another thing too you, when you're in the sky how do you just turn the plane to the left and the right these things you put your hands on yeah absolutely yeah so you um that's your control up there and yeah if you want to go left you bank it, literally bank it to the left. You want to go right, you turn it to the right. Um, yeah, you want to go up, you pull it back. You want to go down, you push it forward. Um, so yeah, that's our that's our control yoke and that controls um, the pitch, what we call pitch up and down or the roll, left or right of the uh, the aircraft. Where's um, the camera yeah. the aircraft? Like to see the back, the people in the back. Do you have cameras on the outside of the plane or just can you see like the, the, um, the passengers? No, we no, we can't. We do not have cameras outside the aircraft, from the back of the aircraft. Um, we can't see the passengers. No, we don't have any of that capability. Um, that's why it's important, especially during uh, what we consider pushback. That's why it's important to trust um, our ramp control, um, yeah. our ramp guys um, to push us back because there are eyes for us outside the aircraft. Um, so yeah, uh, we have to. <laughs> Don't trust them that they're not gonna push us into another aircraft or to someone else. But yeah, unfortunately, no, we can't see behind us. And, and this right here, there's, there's nothing here that you don't know. It's like everything here is just you see this all the time. So it's like it's second nature. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're required. We're required to know every button in the aircraft. We need to know that when I push this button, what what happens? I'm throwing my boost pumps on to engage um, you know, fuel flow to start the engine. When I push this button, I am uh, sending, um, you know, I'm shutting down a system so that we can prevent a fire. Yeah, absolutely. We have to know what, but what every button does, um, how it relates, what we call it system knowledge, how it uh, relates to what it is that we're trying to fix or we're trying to do. Yeah, so it's, it's absolutely important to know those things. and. 
that's why airline training is so rigorous. Um, and, and that right. you, uh, yeah, have to know that information. What is the best school you would um, recommend for people? Because there's a lot of people out here that's in careers and they're just not really sure about, you know, hey, they want to do a lot of other things in their lives and they may have not found something challenging or fun. You said a great term before we started. And I want to tell them what you said. Uh, if you don't like the job that you're, if you're not happy with the job that you're doing or the excitement, basically you're at the wrong job. Do you feel this mode where you go through stress and you go in the sky and say, wow, I, I need to fly today. You're like, I can't wait to get to work and get up in that sky. Do you feel that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I should say this. Um, in particular, like this trip, like I was telling you, you know, there, there is glorious parts of this job. Um, and I, again, like I said, if you're not excited to show up and, and do this and love what you do, what are you doing it for? There are absolutely glorious parts of this job. Being able to, to get people from point A to point B safely, getting them home to loved ones. Um, taking them on vacation, that is absolutely great. Mm -hmm. um, flying, the views, the going to different places. But on the flip side, and like I was telling you, my schedule, this this trip in particular, I'm up at the crack of dawn. I'm up when it's still dark. I'm like, it's just criminal to be up this early, you know? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, uh, today, today my, motto, my motto is, you know, I'm making money while you're sleeping. You know, like that's, that's, I'm, that's I'm, I'm up. Yes. I'm up. Yeah, you know, I'm up getting ready for these flights. It takes a toll. I mean, it takes a toll on you. It, it can be tiring. Um, it can be hard. Um, but it's also rewarding um, as well. So Being a yeah. parent as well, have a family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then just like I said, just be in this, in this career. Um, and then, too, the kind of flip side, too, is like, okay, yeah, I'm starting early in the morning, but I was done by 11, 12. I was done by your lunchtime. You know, <laughs> so like from a early morning that you're finished for the day. Done. Done. You know, it doesn't make for a long day. It doesn't make uh, for to be yeah, long and, and hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, there I do. Uh, every time I, I get the opportunity, I fly when I'm at home. I enjoy my time off. I do enjoy being at home. Um, but yeah, when when I when it's time to fly, I'm ready to fly. I Yes, I am fairly new to this industry, meaning that I've only been an airline pilot for three years. Um, I'm sure. That's why we want to. Did y'all hear what she said? She's been an airline pilot for three years. So this inspiration is something that you should really embrace because we've, we we have, Dawn has said 15 years or 20 years. Yeah. So we want you to have the different dialects of yeah. every every woman here that I introduced to you is has a whole different situation. So yeah. that, that's encouraging. Yeah, I was, and I was just and I was just about to, uh, to to speak to that absolutely. So my experience in ten years and how I feel about it may be different. I may say, okay, you look, you know, for the past, uh, you know, I'm I'm 20 years in, in my career. For 10 years that I did international, and that's no longer for me. It takes a toll on my body. I don't like to do this type of. So, yeah, uh, in my in my phase of my career in this early part yes the joy is still there the excitement is, is still there do i get tired is it like oh okay here we go again back on the road yes there are moments of that wow oh, absolutely yeah absolutely i mean because you gotta think about it i'm i'm on the road 
four, three to four days, off three to four days, back again, living in suitcase, hotel to hotel. That that lifestyle oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. can get tiring, can get mundane. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it doesn't take away from the joy of the job. I, I say that. So I'll just say that there are two sides of that. There's the glamour of the job and there's the, the truth and the reality of the job as well. Yeah, um, so you rub elbows with doctors and lawyers because, hey, I fly commercial oh, jet. Absolutely. Oh. Wow. That's impressive. Oh, I think she's freezing. Yeah, so I, didn't, I, I didn't. I didn't catch you. It was kind of cutting out, cutting out a little bit. But I was just gonna say it. It, it balances itself. It balances itself out. Um, so it you know, um, again, I, I'm just I'm grateful for the opportunity. I, I I do love what I do. I'm sure that I'll love what I do for another twenty years from now. Um, but I just like to be truthful that you know there is two sides of this profession. And it's great. Um, because but, you do medicine, right? You, you were in medicine uh, before. Say that again. Was you in medicine before it said an article that I read about you that you was working in a hospital or something like that? No, um, I used to work in insurance. At, oh, uh, yeah, 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 insurance. Yeah, no, my, my background is primarily in, in flight education. I spent a lot of time um, at collegiate universities and things like that teaching. Um, but yeah, at one point, yeah, I was working in medical insurance and <laughs> I was like, this ain't it. This ain't it. Uh, especially after graduate. Excuse me, after graduating with a family, I was like, planes in the sky and be like, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, I, nah. I was like, nah, that's 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 supposed to be me. I, I just got a flight degree. Uh-uh. It's time to make some moves. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it worked. It worked out. Um, like I said, I, I truly enjoy what I do and, and thankful for the opportunity every day. And, and that should be a lot of encouragement for people to realize black man, black woman, white man, white woman, woman. You know, um, unfortunately, there's a small amount of us in here. Do you know the percentage? Half a percent. Yep. 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 Black women are. are, are yep. Yep. Black women are half of the one percent of total women um, in the industry. So women, and as a whole, only represent about one percent of the industry, and black women make up half of that. And what is the old? She's about to leave out of here, ladies and gentlemen. I just gotta. She, she knows I'm excited because. Yeah. We can. I wish. I wish that we could talk long and again. I will come. I'm telling you. We gotta come back. back. We gotta come back. What? What? Kona Jones wants to say. She said someone said to me in a cockpit that they have never flown with a black pilot before. They were both white men in their sixties. Yeah, I can believe it. Yeah, yeah, I can believe it. And especially the mandatory retirement age is sixty-five. So if they're in their sixties, I can definitely um, believe that that's a true statement and that they've never. Um, experience that because, like I said, we were just now really making an impact in the industry over the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, so, yeah, I, I can believe that. And uh, we're looking to change that. And um, I'm glad I'm glad to be a part of, of that increasing number. Well, she's part of she's part of the movement already. She's already she's part of my movement called Boss Up. So just yeah. understand this is for male and female. Yes, the fellas is boss up, man. But for the ladies, it's boss up because she just let you clearly know she could do it. You could do it. And That's right. It's, it, it's, it's living proof. Um, last but not least, uh, hold on. Very vacational. Um, I barely received live black channel notifications for black YouTube channels. I did hear that, but we're, we're, we're working on that as well. That's we, right. You know, I, I mean, if I, had, if I had some drama here, the shit would have been. 
on with his algorithm, but you know, you're talking about Derek Jackson. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. But Derek Jackson, that shit would have. But you know, hey, you know, it, it it it's a work in progress. But we, we do know this is all about preparation, because like I said, I'm trying to produce something really unique. Um, oh, I need to be quiet about that. But anyway, I'm trying to produce something really unique, and this sister here is going to definitely be part of that because she's freaking dope, amazing. Um, I think the last thing I wanted to say. So, if any, what is the oldest age? This is really what people really want to know. What is the oldest age maximum? That they could get into the aviation program, go to school, and say, "I want to change my life and get in, get involved." Any age, I mean, any age. It's just professionally, um, as a commercial pilot, you're limited to sixty-five years uh, old to be able to operate, um, you know, airliner commercially. Um, but I believe, uh, I think. It I read an article maybe not too long ago. There was like seventy-five-year-old woman. Um, and so, yeah, she's flying. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about, um, if you have the mental capability to do it and physical capability, you got to be able to, um, respond to controls, uh, be able to react in emergencies. So if you have that mental, uh, capability, physical capability, there's no age limit that says that you, um, can't learn how to fly at that age now, like I said, where your trajectory, um, how far you can take that, um, whether that be beyond the private pilot level or commercial, uh, yeah, um, that, that can be a limiting factor based on age, but you're never too old to, to learn how to fly. And, and I mean, what do they just, uh, how would they start basically? What, what would, they, would it be a school would you recommend or there's no particular you don't want to be biased to it, what would you recommend? Like, listen, I want to start, how do I start doing this? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, definitely don't want to be biased. Uh, biased. I went to a collegiate flight program. Shout out to my university, Purdue University um, in West Lafayette, Indiana. I read uh, it. Yeah, yeah, we are a collegiate flight training program in uh, NOLA, the best in the nation. Um, I couldn't pick a better flight school. Uh, but I would say uh, in general, for someone wanting to start out or just, hey, am I gonna like this? Go to your local airport. Every local airport has an opportunity to take an instructor up, rent a, a plane for an hour. We call those discovery flights, just to get your feet wet and to be able to to go up and see if, if you like it. So if that is truly what well, you well, wanted well, to do, go with a flight every, instructor. Discovery flight? Every local airport. And you can go to Timbuktu, and I guarantee you there's a plane and an instructor where you can go up and take a flight lesson for an hour. They call those, call those uh, discovery flights. Um, really? Yeah, you, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. So I, yeah, that, I tell people, yeah, I tell people all the time, you want, you want to have opportunity to fly or try it out, go to your lo local airport. Asked to uh, take a discovery flight, they'll put you up with an instructor, rent an aircraft, and you go and, and uh, take that flight. So, uh, yeah, I would say start there. And then from there, as you get serious, um, and if you want to really pursue a flight training program, then, yeah, there are different schools, universities, different tracks. Um, and, and specifically, it's, that's, a, that's kind of a lengthy conversation. Um, so we definitely make sure next time around we talk about that. But yeah, there are different avenues, um, yeah. military, et cetera, et cetera, um, that you can you can achieve to to get your flight training. I, I was trying to keep the two hour mark. It's one fifty. Yeah. Um, 
somebody said, is it true that pilots are underpaid? That's definitely false. I, I, I mean, <laughs> that's false. That's false. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of agree with that. Really? Yeah. Oh, um, shit. I, I, thought yeah. Was, I didn't know that. Get out of um, here. Yeah. Okay. So here's, again, myth, right? Um, here's the myth. Pilots are paid well years down the, the line. The return on investment is years later. Okay. Captain not just captain status um oh. captain status yes absolutely um but not just captain status but where are you at are you at a regional airline are you at a major airline are you flying right. cargo etc right. um military um you have to understand or people have to understand that yes we pay a lot of money to go through flight training so we come out initially with a lot of debt so the money that we start to make we're paying debt we, you know families etc 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 um, is it a livable wage now uh, it's getting to be? And yes, um, it definitely <laughs> has increased over the years. Um, when I first got into the industry, which is one of the reasons why I didn't want to be an airline pilot, they were only getting paid about $20 an hour. To what? Yeah, $20 an hour. There's people that have been in this industry that literally started out with $20, $19, $18, dollars an hour to fly. You know, turboprops or small jet aircraft. Yeah, it's it it yeah. Um, so <laughs> recently in recent years? No, no, no. And over the over, the, I'm saying like maybe the past fifteen years. That's so still past, low. It's, I mean, it's pretty recent, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. now, yes, um, uh, the pay is getting a little bit bearable. Um, but as far as I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't use the term we're underpaid. We are paid well, but it takes a while to see the return on investment. That's that's the better way to put it. Yeah. So starting so starting out, um, you know, first officers, first year at the airlines, you know, maybe 40000 As you continue to progress, you know, you're increasing your earning potential. So now you're starting to make seventy, eighty thousand. By the time you get to a major airline. Um, you're making ninety to hundred thousand, upwards to three hundred thousand dollars a year, but that takes time, and that's and that's what uh, people fail to realize. So. A major airline, like we we just take oh, all yeah. the airlines. Yeah, so I'm sorry, I didn't. Yeah, I should specify that. So a major airline would be um, Delta Airlines, United Airlines, American Airlines. Um, so those are the um, major airlines. But also, when you think of major airlines, you also um talking specifically about uh the pilots to fly the bigger aircraft um so now you're flying you know 150 or more passengers so your bigger aircraft not the regional um aircraft that fly in my particular case that fly you know seven six seaters smaller routes etc etc right. so and this plane's that, smaller than yours though it's like a shuttle plane right say that again this plane's smaller than yours it's called like a shuttle plane right it's like Somebody goes from one side of North Carolina to another, like Greensboro, flies yeah. to. Yeah, I mean it's the same plane. It's just yeah, it's the same plane. It's just what we call shuttle routes. Yeah, so our oh, routes are no. yeah shuttle routes. Yeah, so our routes are are smaller uh, or shorter. Um, you know, like for instance, our maximum flight might be three hours, um, okay. as opposed to some of the bigger aircraft that can fly five, six hours, and things like that. It just be, and it's just all based upon the capacity of 
the the aircraft, how far it can fly, be based off you know how big it is. So that's it. But um, so I mean, that's I, I love that's a great question because people will look at me and are like, oh, you 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 balling, you make it. No, I'm making decent money. You know, my bills, I'm blessed. My bills are paid. My family's taken care of. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I do. I make decent money, but am I rich? Am I balling? No. Well, I get there. Yes. <laughs> eventually, eventually. So if you fly to Brazil, you're obviously yeah. working for a major airline at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's a whole different animal right there when they fly in 13 hours and all that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if, yeah, because we have we have a, a limit in how long we can fly anyway. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, if you fly to Brazil, you really only find like maybe four of those hours and they have what we call a relief crew so they have another crew that comes in and takes over and things of that nature ladies and gentlemen dominic has to go but listen man i'm telling you questions how was your first flight experience quickly just answer that. how was it quick it was great um like i i shared before uh it's what sealed the deal um it's definitely what got me here today uh i loved it i love being in control of the aircraft and and uh it's a memory i'll never forget um uh this individual wants to know can you read that one uh do we suffer from airplane ears so we're talking about the pressure in the aircraft mm, yeah i mean but we're used to it something our bodies are used to and our ears are used to um so yeah really only time that that um can be a factor is if you have like a busted eardrum and we don't fly with sinus infections because that can be really bad um do i prefer the yoke of the bone I, I don't fly the boeing or the airbus yet um, but airplane is airplane, whatever's gonna get me paid, take care of my family, have a good quality of life. I'm with it. I'm, I'm not picky. We don't try to, the, the thing is, too, with uh, you guys get accommodations, of course, where you go to hotels, clearly, right? Yeah, okay. So, the, yes. they, they all explain that. I mean, you guys get the little salute and everything when they see you walk in and all that. Oh, uh, yeah, most of the time, yeah. Oh, we, we, the hotel, the hotels, they take really good care of us and our crews, and yeah, we get. Special floor, so that way you know we're, they limit distractions and people, you know, um, rest, yeah, you know interrupting rest and things like that. So yeah, we they take good care of us. Ladies and gentlemen, appreciate everybody. Um, this has been yes, uh, Earl Lewis said great show for great show, Nate and Dominique. Um, Earl Lewis said, Dominique, thank you for your insight. In the aviation industry has been the most important from your perspective. She's Absolutely. super dope. Again, y'all just seen a preview. Um, but yeah. For the our time flies, right? Two hours. That's so, right. Absolutely. Um, gentlemen, I will be back probably later, but I have to talk to her behind the scenes. But we appreciate you. There's yes. nothing people could even think of about a thousand of different questions. Yeah. Do you understand? She can't say the company that she works for. They never can. So yeah. we need to keep that more low key and um, at least not on here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. We, we we appreciate you so so much. Uh, she's a powerful sister. She, she's she's about her, her game and she does what she does. And it was amazing. So ladies and gentlemen, I will be back and I'll just talk to her and I'll talk to y'all a little bit and she will be back. Much love to y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for the opportunity. Thank well, you for the podcast. So people that if you guys are doing jobs that you can't necessarily watch the YouTube, I'm gonna have this on my podcast tomorrow. So it'll be on iHeartRadio. It'll be on um, SoundCloud. It'll be on Apple Music. So it's going to be dope. Love it. Peace, y'all.